We are going to go behind enemy lines for everything you need to know about this matchup between the Miami Hurricanes and the Texas A&M Aggies. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts, available free on YouTube, your team every day. And so we are going to do a crossover on this episode. We're going to be bringing on Joey Ikes from Locked on Aggies, who does an awesome job breaking down everything Texas A&M. I'm going to pick his brain on the quarterback situation. I'm going to pick his brain on, you know, why things have looked uh, pretty stale running the football and throwing the football to start the year for Texas A&M and how important this Miami game is for them. And listen, I hope Mario Cristobal is watching this because maybe we'll get the insight Miami needs to win this game. So it's going to be an awesome crossover today with Joey Ikes. Got plenty to get to before we bring Joey on, though. Let's talk injuries here for the Canes. Some very good news, uh, some some rumors out there. Let's address the actual tangible stuff here first. Offensive tackle Zion Nelson, who made his season debut last week against Southern Miss, was clearly a bit limited on a snap count. Sounds like Miami's, uh, well, I was going to say starting left tackle, but he played some right tackle last week as well. I think everybody on this line is going to be moving around some if necessary. Ne- if necessary, they're cross-training a lot. But it sounds like Zion Nelson is Full go, no restrictions this week. And the same can be said for Jalen Knighton, the rooster, who, like Nelson, made a season debut last week, was uh, was a bit limited, didn't get a whole lot of snaps, no restrictions this coming week. Mario Cristobal said about the two of them, full speed, 100%. We feel good about those guys, Cristobal said. And I think it goes without saying how important Zion Nelson is to this football team. And also, you know, with a guy like Jalen Knighton, in a game like this, couple of explosive plays in your favor. Like if you can have maybe one or two more explosive plays than the opposition, that can be the difference in winning or losing this football game. That's something we know Jalen Knighton does very well. And he's the type of weapon where you could even line him up in the slot catching passes out of the backfield. He can make as big of plays in the passing game as he can in the running game. So Jalen Knighton, this is a guy, when you're talking about opening the playbook this week, which we're all hoping and expecting Josh Gaddis to do, because it's been very vanilla the first two games. But when you're talking about opening the playbook, doing that and finding creative ways to get people like Jalen Knighton and Brashard Smith, the football, I think is going to be paramount this week. So look out for Jalen Knighton. He can be a key in this game. Now, When it comes to like the actual conventional running back, I wouldn't be surprised if Thad Franklin gets quite a bit of snaps in this game simply because of his size. He's going to be important in pass protection because when you're talking about facing edge rushers on Texas A&M side that are bigger and stronger and faster than what you faced so far from Bethune-Cookman and Southern Miss – having someone of the 240-ish frame 
like Thad Franklin on the field, especially in pass pro situations, I think it's going to be really important. So don't be surprised if he maybe even takes a few snaps away from Parrish, who's been Miami's best running back so far. And he's also good in pass protection. He's just not as big as Franklin. Um, and to Henry Parrish's side, uh, there's a stat that bodes very well uh, heading into this week. Because remember, Parrish was an Ole Miss Rebel last year. And Ole Miss beat Texas A&M. And Henry Parrish had 6.4 yards per carry against the Aggies last year. Okay? And he's been Miami's best back so far this year. There's no question about it. Averaging... 108 and a half yards per game so far, Parrish, and 5.9 yards per carry. Uh, the running backs we know are going to be incredibly important, and having a guy like Zion Nelson up front blocking for them is going to be really, really key. Another bit of very good news on the defensive side of the football. Remember, this man didn't play last week. Akeem Mesador, who was Miami's best defensive player game one, missed game two with an injury concern. Um, Cristobal said he looks good. Looks good today. He said that Wednesday. So he looked good Wednesday. Hopefully even better on Thursday, huh? We expect a full-speed player on Saturday, Cristobal said about Akeem Mesidor. Um, so something I wanted to bring up, I've been trying to get to the bottom of this. I don't know uh, a whole lot of what's going on, but there, there, there's there, been some chatter about uh, Xavier Restrepo, you know, apparently seen in a, in a boot um on wednesday um and you know there's some buzz that maybe he's questionable now i i don't know what's going on here if anything and obviously we know he's been one of miami's best offensive players to this point and until proven otherwise i'm expecting him to play like i there's nothing official on this and the fact that he was one of the hurricanes players that was actually um you know made available to speak to reporters like me on tuesday um, tells me that if there is anything going on, this must have happened after that media availability on Tuesday, but there's been nothing officially said about this. So certainly we hope X is okay because X has been Miami's leading receiver so far this year. I don't have any reason yet, any concrete reason yet to believe he's not going to play this week, but there have been some rumors going out there. Um, you know, that, that would make a difference. If for whatever reason he can't go or if he's not 100%, that obviously takes big, big piece away from Miami's offense. I think the good news for that would be, and obviously it would never be good news if he's not 100%, but just from a, a football standpoint, we saw some very good from Brashard Smith in the slot last week. Had uh, had a couple of big, big catches, including that big first down in the first half that he caught from Tyler Van Dyke, where you know TVD fitted into a tight window and Brashard Smith made a very focus-heavy uh, bobbling catch to keep it down and keep the chains moving. So, you know, next man up if needed next man up, obviously I hope and expect X to be able to play because I haven't heard otherwise yet, but this is definitely something to keep an eye on. This is something to keep an eye on over the next 48 hours. And listen, I, I want to treat a rumor with the respect that rumor deserves and tell you guys, Hopefully this is nothing we should worry about, but I just I just want to pass it along because I feel like we owe it to you guys to do that. Uh, so in terms of talking about the Hurricanes having hopefully success running the football, um, so far Miami are 15th in the country 
you know, again, against opposition that's not tip top, right? But 15th in the country running the football, 241 rushing yards per game, had 42 carries for 305 yards, 305 against Bethune Cookman. Uh, and then um, 200, what was it? Uh, about 200 team yards against Southern Miss, if I'm not mistaken. And Texas AM so far against the run. Now, AM, despite the fact that on paper, they haven't played top competition either. Now, they lost to one of those teams, Appalachian State, who's they constantly punch above their weight. Appalachian State is better than they're supposed to be every single year, so I give them credit. But playing against the likes of Sam Houston week one and you know a non-Power 5 team in Appalachian State in week two, Texas A&M surprisingly are 84th in the country against the run, giving up 144 rushing yards per game and 69th in the country in opponents average at 3.69 yards per carry. Sam Houston had 27 carries for 107 yards against them in the opener. Uh, and Appalachian State had 52 carries for 181 yards and a touchdown against Texas A&M. And the same Appalachian State running back, now obviously he's a year older and more experienced this year, but the same Appalachian State running back Cameron Peoples who had 19 carries for 112 yards uh, against uh, Texas A&M last week. Last season, Peoples had, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, he had 17 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown versus Miami. So he had success against both Texas A&M and Miami. Uh, so hopefully Henry Parrish, who had success against the Aggies last year, and Jalen Knighton, who's back 100% full go, and Thad Franklin, who I think is going to be on the field a considerable amount this season. Hopefully they can have some success, all right? Uh, Jimbo Fisher is 10-3, and three, coming off a loss as Texas A&M head coach. So, you know, obviously you, you expect them to want to bounce back big time, and it's going to be tough. Now, they did lose at home last week. It's hard to even fathom them lo losing two straight at College Station um, and in this case, this is a night game. The crowd's going to be crazy. The crowd's going to be drunk, all that good stuff. Eh. Uh, and Kevin Steele, Miami's defensive coordinator, in his time at Auburn, uh, is 2-1. and one. Auburn, I should say, because Steele wasn't the head coach. He's the defensive coordinator. But um, Auburn went 2-1 and one against Texas A&M with Kevin Steele as the defensive coordinator of Auburn. So he certainly knows what to expect from a Jimbo Fisher offense. And he, he talked about that this week, Kevin Steele, when he met with the media, you know, in terms of preparation, obviously uh, you know, it's the Jimmy's and Joe's, not just the X's and O's because, you know, when you're looking at people like Devon, a chain and the very talented wide receivers, the Texas A&M has, they've got a lot of speed and ability on the outside. As long as their quarterback play can figure it out, whether it's, Haynes King or Max Johnson or Connor Wegman or some combination of three on the field. If their quarterback situation can sort itself out, they've got a lot of talent. They can burn Miami potentially with in the passing game. There's just a very, very talented, talented football team when it comes to the Jimmys and Joes, when it comes to the X's and O's, there's no reason why Kevin Steele shouldn't be prepared. Right. I mean, it's, you know, Jimbo Fisher, aside from a few nuances here and there, hasn't really changed or radicalized his offensive approach. It's the same offensive approach that Steele faced while he was at Auburn. And it's basically the same offensive approach that Miami used to face when he was at Florida State. And hey, the last time Miami faced Jimbo Fisher, got a W. 
did Miami on Fisher's way out of Florida State to Texas A&M. So hopefully that trend can continue. So that's what we're looking at from an injury standpoint, and hopefully Miami can establish a running game. But obviously the passing game, Jacoby George is back this week. He's not coming back from injury. He's coming back from suspension. So he's 100% healthy. Hopefully he's motivated to make up for lost time and get a couple deep balls down to Jacoby George. Jacoby, he averaged 26.2 yards per catch last year. Let's get a couple of explosive plays to Jacoby George. And when we come back, speaking of explosive plays, uh, this guy has an explosive show every single day on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to talk Texas A&M with Locked On Aggies host Joey Ikes. Get skinny on their quarterback situation and all the matchups. So keep it locked right here to Locked On Canes. And guys, make sure you are like me and you're checking Bet Online every single day. Bet Online is the fastest, easiest place to check in on all the trends and action. You want all the betting information you need when it comes to college football. Our Miami Hurricanes are five and a half point underdogs this week. Miami plus five and a half. What are we thinking there, guys? You can check that out. All the overs and unders you need, all the player props you need, college football, NFL, NBA, NHL, boxing, MMA, even golf. It's all at betonline.net. I'm telling you guys, this is the ultimate resource. They give you the tools you need to succeed this football season. Make sure you check it out. The trends and action happening right now, including live betting, which should be a big part of our routines. Bet online where the game starts. Yo, Joey, I got to ask you the trillion dollar question this week. What's going on at quarterback for Texas A&M? Is Haynes King going to start? And even if he does, is he on a short leash? What's happening there? Well, Alex, if you know the answer to that question, I'll ask you to tell me because at this point, nobody really knows. And and really and truly, Jimbo Fisher's not really that incentivized to tell anybody other than his team, um, you know, who's who's going to start and if Haynes does start, how short the leash, leash is. Because with the uncertainty does come a little bit of, you know, some gamesmanship and stuff like that. Uh, I would assume that Haynes King probably gets the start. But I would also assume that the leash is quite short in this scenario because, you know, we, we sort of made a lot of us sort of made fun of Steve Sarkeesian whenever he said this about the Alabama game, whenever he said, you know what, this is just another game, win or lose. This doesn't change anything about our goals for the season for what we want to where we want to be in December. And, you know, App State's a little bit of a different opponent than Alabama is, but the same sentiment holds true is that if AM takes care of business and runs the table for the rest of their schedule, they still wind up in the SEC championship game looking at the possibility of a college football playoff. And so as, you know, borderline humiliating as it was to take that loss against App State and as, um, as much of a setback as it feels like, um, everything that they want for the season is still out in front of them. And so, um, I think Haynes King probably gets the start because I still think Jimbo Fisher feels like Haynes gives him some upside and some playmaking ability that he probably doesn't have in Max Johnson while having some more experience in the system than what he has with five-star freshman Connor Wigman, who probably has the highest upside of, of all three of them. And so I bet it's probably Haynes King who starts, but I bet the leash is pretty short if there starts to be some panic or some mistakes or things like that. I would, I would be shocked if we don't see Max Johnson run out there in that situation. 
Um, you guys are lucky, though. You guys don't have quarterback controversy down there in South Beach in Miami. You guys have Tyler Van Dyke, who is you know coming off of a couple of really great years, played really well at the end of last year, and seems like he's off to a pretty good start this year, too. Tell me about Tyler Van Dyke and what A&M fans and the defense need to be looking out for when he drops back to pass and when he's under center. Well, and that's so interesting, Joey, because um, Miami so far in their first two games, the offense has been very vanilla. And I, I believe they are planning on opening opening things up quite a bit. And I, I say that because, you know, watching fall camp, they did run quite a few RPO snaps. And we haven't really seen that at all in Miami's first two games. And it's been a very run heavy offense so far. And I think they'd like to establish the run, obviously, but I think they're going to be a little bit more aggressive taking shots downfield because they haven't been very aggressive so far. And as far as Tyler Van Dyke goes, um, you know, going back to last season, he tended to actually have his best games when the lights were brightest uh, night games, especially road night games. He had a, an awesome performance uh, against a good North Carolina state defense last year. Um, you know, Texas A&M obviously presents some different challenges with the speed and the athleticism. So I, I think everyone knows how difficult this is going to be. But, you know, Van Dyke has really been a gamer. And so far this year, you know, he faced an FCS opponent week one. So I don't know how much you can really read from that. But he was pretty much flawless against Bethune-Cookman the opening week. Uh, but against Southern Miss, first half was rough. I mean, first half was rough for the entire offense, Tyler included. Um, you know, he was able to uh, final drive of the first half, let a touchdown drive, and then second half, uh, it was starting to roll a little bit like a machine. Uh, so, you know, he, he's had the same strengths from last year. The accuracy has been really good. The deep shots have been good. You know, you can question some of his decision making because had a couple of poor throws against Southern Miss. And I really think as far as Tyler Van Dyke goes, um, you know, he is making his own personal progressions from last season where he's becoming stronger and more of a leader this year. Uh, I think the big questions, though, really rely on his wide receiver core because Miami lost their top two wide receivers from last year. And then so far this season, Joey, the guys who's really been stepping up for Miami is uh, Xavier Restrepo, Tyler Van Dyke's roommate, the top slot receiver. And then today, and I, I hope like Jimbo Fisher isn't watching this because um, we're, we're kind of wondering what's going on today because there's starting to be some buzz and some rumors about a potential Xavier Restrepo injury. So I don't I don't know. I don't know for sure if that's going to affect affect his status for Saturday. If it does, that's going to be a loss for Miami, although their other slot receiver, Brashard Smith, looked really good uh, last week uh, against Southern Miss. So hopefully he could just if he needs to fill that void pretty easily. But if Restrepo can't play or if he's limited, that would be a really, really big loss for Miami. And, you know, listen, I, I certainly, Joey, I, I respect Texas A&M's defense a lot. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Miami's offensive line, which has been pretty good so far this season, but they haven't faced size and strength like they're going to face on Saturday. What can you tell me about Texas A&M's defensive front and how they're going to approach this game? Because Miami's also ran the football really well so far. Do you think they're going to focus more on the pass rush? Or are they going to try to stack the box and stop the run? How do you think that oh, can no. play out? Yeah, I think from A&M on the defensive standpoint, on the defensive line, like you said, there's a ton of size there. And part of the problem against Appalachian State for this defensive front that led to them sort of being able to go three yards in a cloud of dust up and down the field over and over was two of AM's best defensive tackles 
were out of the game with injury. Both McKin- McKinley Jackson, who was the the best defensive lineman in fall camp, missed the game with an injury. And then Walter Nolan, who was the number two recruit in the country in the 2022 class, uh, missed the, the App State game as well. And so that's 600 pounds or 630 pounds worth of beef that was missing. And A&M still had plenty of size and skill to be able to run out there, but they just didn't have the depth that they would normally have because they were missing both of those two guys and they were missing, and they're also missing a, a five-star um, defensive end who is going to be a big part of the A&M team as they get rolling. Um, and they were miss- So they were missing three out of maybe the 10 or 11 guys that they envisioned coming into the season would be a big part of their rotation up front. But yes, they're gonna they're gonna bring a lot of size inside, especially McKinley Jackson. We believe is gonna play this week. Um, so he and Isaiah Rakes are sort of the two guys who are gonna play inside on rundowns, and that's about 650 pounds worth of man in there. And they're they're both really good athletes too. Uh, and then Shamar Turner is a defensive tackle who is who plays sort of the three technique, the other defensive tackle that's not the nose tackle during pass rush situations, and even he's. 305 pounds and really crazy athletic and all that kind of stuff. So inside a is going to be really good, especially if they get that added uh, that added depth by adding the top of the depth chart back in. Um, they do have some, some really good edge rushers. Um, Fidel Diggs is a really good edge rusher. Uh, to me, Adelaide, I always struggle with his name. I got to learn it. Here Nailed before. it. There we go. Uh, I always, I always struggle with his name, but he, he's a really good player also. And then, um, they have a guy, uh, Levius Overton, who was a 2023 class classified recruit who reclassified in like February to the 2022 class. So he should be a, a high school senior right now, and he's playing more snaps than just about any other of the the, fr- the true freshman from 2022. So um, uh, he's an 18-year-old kid who, like I said, should be a high school senior right now and is playing, you know, a lot of snaps in the SC, in the uh, the defensive line rotation for AM. So he's a guy to watch. He's super impressive. He's super young and raw as a result, but he's super impressive, really athletic. Uh, so, so yeah, they're going to be – and I could just imagine the level of focus that these guys have put this week on – just being extremely solid up front against the run, A, because of what Miami's done over the course of the last couple of weeks uh, in the running game, but B, what happened to them last week in terms of the way App State was able to to move the ball. When they needed to run the ball, they were able to run the ball, and they broke off the big one at the end of the game that wasn't super, super important at that point because of the way the game was going. On defense for... Miami A&M's had their own off some offensive line issues. They they've been missing the, their returning starter at, at center, who was an all SEC freshman player last year, has missed the first two games with mono, and we think he's going to be back for yeah. at least yeah. They they called it an illness the first week, and are like oh, okay, he missed the first game with an illness, he'll be back next week. Then he missed another game, and we're starting to be like, hey, what does he have that's causing him to miss two weeks worth of football? Uh, it came out. I, I think Jimbo said it on Monday that it was Mono that he that he had missed with. So he missed the last couple of games with Mono. He's he should be back in at least some capacity this week. So hopefully, you know, they'll get some stability back there. Talk to me about that Canes defensive line and and what you guys are working with there and what A and M has to deal with because they've had trouble with Sam Houston State and App State. So I can only imagine with what the talent that Miami could bring, what might happen. Yeah, so far, uh, Miami's defensive line, uh, they're considered to be one of the strengths of the team. Uh, they had a, an incredible fall camp. They, they've had their ups and downs so far. 
to start the year. But, you know, players for AM to really watch out for. Leonard Taylor, number 56 defensive tackle. The guy is just – he's super disruptive. He led Miami in tackles for a loss last year. Uh, he had two or three TFL against uh, Southern Miss this past week. Um, Daryl Jackson uh, is is also a really interesting defensive tackle. He just transferred in from Maryland. And when, when he transferred in, a lot of the buzz on Jackson was, this guy's going to be kind of a multi-year project because uh, he had three years, has three years of eligibility left, including this year. Maybe a multi-year project. He's a little bit raw. He's taken really uh, strongly to Miami's coaching. And I, I had good feelings about Jackson coming in. He's uh, number six because – the guy's six foot six, over three hundred pounds, playing defensive tackle, super athletic, and he's actually uh, he's he's kind of hit his stride earlier than people expected. He's already he's been a starter. Uh, he's been super good um, on the outside. Uh, I think one of Miami's better pass rushers. Speaking of you know guys who should probably still be in high school right now, uh, I think he I think he is technically uh, he didn't reclassify. He's a twenty twenty two guy, but he's still seventeen years old. Wow. Nigelite Kelly, uh, an edge rusher uh, out of. Uh, out of Fort Lauderdale. He's he's had a nice start to the year, had his first career sack last week. Miami's got some experienced guys that I think need to play a little bit better, like Jafari Harvey, who's been you know one of Miami's uh, elder statesmen on, on the edge. I think he's going to hit a stride a little bit more. Another transfer guy, uh, Jake Lichtenstein, who can play both, uh, both inside and outside. He's had a nice start at defensive tackle, Antonio Moultrie. So there, there's a lot. And, and one of the things, Joey, with Miami is – Um, Not every position group is like this, believe me. But on the defensive line, they're three deep at edge and in in the interior. Uh, They've got six guys that they can rotate a tackle and six or seven guys they can rotate on the edge. So they've been in good shape from that standpoint. The farther out you go from the defensive line, the more question marks you have. So once you get to linebacker, it's probably the thinnest position on paper. Uh, but Miami does have uh, an experienced guy in Corey uh, Flagg, who's actually a Houston, Texas native. So this, I'm sure he's going to have a lot of family and friends at this game. Oh, yeah. uh, number 11, where he, he's been playing really well to start the year. He doesn't look like much because he's about 5'10", undersized guy playing Mike Linebacker. But he's very smart, doesn't miss any assignments. Uh, you know, I just I, I kind of wonder with him because he doesn't have the size and speed. How much is he going to get tested by Texas A&M's personnel? Because will his physical limitations come into play? And then the defensive secondary for Miami, it's been a a mixed bag so far because there's a ton of talent there. You definitely want to keep your eyes on number zero, James Williams, who's one of Miami's best overall players, period, playing. He can play safety. He can play some Sam linebacker. Uh, He just flies to the football. He's big, six foot five, heavy guy, makes big plays. Uh, Cam Kinchins, the other safety, has been really good. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson is probably the cornerback who's, you know, probably uh, whoever plays quarterback for Texas A&M probably won't be throwing in his direction too much. But there are other guys, though, in the defensive backfield who can get picked on a little bit. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Haynes King or Max Johnson are going to be looking for, you know, where uh, number eight DJ Ivy is and where uh, Malik Curtis is, uh, a true sophomore who's been getting some playing time because – the, the, the two of them have they, they've missed some assignments in pass coverage. So there, there could be certain players that you guys uh, go after. But uh, I, I'd love to hear about Texas A&M's defensive secondary as well in the linebackers. Yeah. So the, it's funny you talk about the linebackers being the thinnest group on the, the Hurricanes depth chart because it's very similar at A&M. Uh, the defensive line's extremely deep. The secondary I'll get to in a minute. Also very deep, very talented. 
the linebacker group is is probably the one group that up until the class of 2023 in recruiting standpoints, every year A&M is in the top one or two schools for one of these big top of the class five-star linebackers. And every year for the last four or five years, that guy goes somewhere else. And it goes, it goes all the way back to like Malik Jefferson going to Texas. And now he's been in the NFL for like three or four years bouncing around the league. Um, and so it goes all the way back there. Um, and finally, this year, they landed Anthony Hill, the big five-star guy from Denton Ryan. Um, but, but because of that, that position is the probably the thinnest on the defense. There's not a five-star linebacker running around for A&M like there are a couple of five-star defensive backs and a few five-star defensive linemen. Um, Chris Russell is a guy who um, had been a backup for most of camp and everything, but, uh, but has been playing because Andre White, the guy who is the starter at Mike, um, got hurt in the game against uh, Sam Houston pretty late in the game. And um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure what the injury is. You know, these college teams, it, it's a lower body injury. We'll tell you more about it when we have to, right? Yeah. Um, they, they don't have the same requirements that those NFL teams have with, with what they have to tell us. But um, but um, so Chris Russell's been playing more. I don't think Andre White's going to play this game. So Chris Russell will be the Mike linebacker. And then Edgerin Cooper is the second linebacker. And he's really the one that they look to and that they're looking for to try to be more of a playmaker there at the second level. Uh, and so from the secondary standpoint, uh, it really starts with Antonio Johnson, who is, I think they call him their nickel. You know, all these guys have different names for this, this same sort of position. Some guys right. call him the star. Or whatever. Uh, he's that's sort what of, it is in Miami. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So he's sort of the, the slot defender, overhang defender. Sometimes he's a safety. Sometimes he's a corner. Sometimes he's a little bit more like a linebacker, but he's a he's an all American level player there at the second level and inside on the defense. Um, outside, they've actually been they've actually been missing a couple of their veteran corners. So a couple of the young corners, Denver Harris and Smoke Bowie, have been getting a lot of reps uh, as true freshmen out there on on the island essentially um, at outside corner. And then they've got a, the other leader of their secondary is Damani Richardson, who is the strong safety. And he, he's got a new running mate this year in Jordan Gilbert, who actually, I believe, has the only interception in the a secondary this year um, against Sam Houston. And so um, they've got a really deep group. There's a couple of guys who they expect to be back, even if they're sort of back in, in rotational roles that they would normally be full-time players. But they're going to get some of that depth back over the course of the next couple of weeks and, and will continue to get better for sure. On the, on the defensive side for – or. On the offensive side for AM, it's interesting that you talk about the, the questions on half the secondary for Miami because this is really the first year in a long time that AM has felt really good about all of their wide receiver options. So it's for a lot of years, it's been, hey, okay, this is the wide receiver for AM. If there's going to be a big play made, it's going to be a nice Smith, has been the guy for the last couple of years. This year, they've got, they've got Evan Stewart, who's another one of these five star true freshmen who has been a starter since spring ball and has been playing outside wide receiver and, and been super consistent, been a really big playmaker for him. They've got another five-star freshman in Chris Marshall who was in and out of camp a little bit, but played really well against Sam Houston and was wide open for what could have been a game-breaking touchdown catch against Appalachian State that Haynes King missed him on. And so if the quarterback can get these guys the ball, 
with some of the questions you mentioned in the secondary. I think a has got, got a chance to make some big plays in the passing game. They did that against Sam Houston, and then there was just absolutely none of it against Appalachian State. So we'll we'll see which AM offense shows up on, on Saturday night. 